Welcome to the RD Energy Stay Current newsletter for March 2023. I'm Daryl Bragg, president and owner of RD Energy, and let's get started. March, we're coming in on March 1st after seeing January and February warming up to extreme warmth in you know the Midwest and Northeast, and and helping you know natural gas and electric prices to plunge. I mean, I mean the the plunge was dramatic to say the least. And, and when you look at, um, on February 20th, the NYMEX dropped to a $2 and seven cent per MMBTU, which, you know, when you look at where it was last September, uh, when we were looking at, we were flirting with $10 an MMBTU, you can see that prices have plunged dramatically. But after Tuesday uh, on the 20th happened, we've now seen uh, prices, uh, you know, go back up to where we're flirting with 275 and and see a, a, a April resistance point of like $3. So we have already bounced back nearly 26% over the low of a week ago. And, um, and one of the things that I, I, I want to point out that's very important is that something that we're kind of having a gas glut right now because there's so much natural gas here in the market after having such a warm January and February in the Midwest and Northeast. But longer term, when you look at uh, the summer and next winter and beyond, you're seeing prices quite a bit higher. Seeing by November 2023, you're seeing prices around 368 or nearly a dollar higher than current market. You're seeing prices over $4 for next winter. And then the summer after that, you're seeing things in the mid 350 range. Um, so, so while the, you know, we're seeing prices under three right now, longer term, um, prices are elevated because when we look at the global, um, you know, supply and demand fundamentals, things aren't as uh, bleak as they look when we're getting the January and February warm weather. So uh, it, it, we have to look at it a very short term plus longer term. And longer term, you know, we're seeing customers say, hey, I thought prices, my price offers would be a lot lower than they are coming in. And that's because, yeah, prices right today uh, on a cash market or April itself might be looking pretty cheap. But as you go out into the future, the prices are much stronger. And so that really is a depiction that there's a lot more fundamental strength longer term as we get through and as this kind of the gas glut kind of get wipes out. So we're also seeing prices go up, you know, for, for off of a week ago, primarily due to a few different fundamental um, points that have shifted. Like, for example, March is instead of continuing to that warmer than normal weather like we had in January and February, suddenly we're seeing things look to be more normal in the Midwest and Northeast, as well as below normal by the time we get to mid-March. Now, below normal in mid-March is not the same thing as mid as below normal in mid-January and February, but it's still more of a bullish signal. 
as an example to show you the, the, the size of that, um, a week ago, when the NYMEX uh, bottomed out for March at 2.07, the, the end-of-season storage projection volume was a very healthy 1,850 BCF. One week later, due to the colder shift in the weather forecast, just over last weekend, the, um, that end of number is 50 BCF lower at 1,800 uh, BCF. Still a very healthy number, but you can see just one weekend weather shift colder knocks 50 BCF off the end of winter storage. Thus, it's not surprising that prices have bounced off of that low point of 207 back up to around 275 for April as we speak. Again, looking out forward, prices are even higher, but that's we've seen a good 26% uh, jump just in the past week. And then when you, you know, one of the things I thought was interesting was to kind of show you, um, you know, something that's very, uh, that's kind of interesting is to say, where was the storage projected to be at the end of the season, winter season, back in December? So back in December 13th, the projected end of season storage level for the U.S. was 1,363 BCF. 1,363 BCF. By a week ago, as I mentioned earlier, it was 1,850 BCF was the expected end of season storage level. So you can see that because of January and February being so warm, the storage, amount of storage in the ground at the end of winter is expected to be nearly 500 BCF more higher than it was back in December when we were still going into what well, we still had the coldest months ahead of us, so we thought. So it's not shocking when you think about the end of you know, how warm it was that we have nearly 500 BCF more in storage at the end of the season than was projected in early in mid December. So that is a very you know, good demonstration to say, you know, prices, you know, that much gas that didn't get burned helped really push prices down. And I've had some, um, you know, people kind of say, well, you know, if people should have been able to see that prices were not, would not have been able to stay at the levels they were last August and September. But that's really not a true statement because if we would have had a normal winter like we had the past couple winters with a polar vortex in February and cold January and February due to the La Nina we were having. Then as well, when, when, when we had the polar vortexes and stuff like that, we, normally you see Europe having that same cold temperatures. But because the Midwest and Northeast had that southern ridge, it kept that warmth coming up into the Midwest and Northeast, as it did over in Europe as well, natural gas globally did not, we did not see the cold temperatures in Europe or, you know, eastern U.S. like we have the past two La Nina winters. If you really look back, you know, the West, for some reason, 
we don't who knows you can't predict the weather and you can't predict the weather block but we did have blocking just like we expected in the la nino we had blocking over alaska and greenland and the and the uh, and the uh, polar jet stream did buckle and the cold weather did come into the u.s it just came into the western u.s so if you looked at weather throughout most of the winter even to just recently i mean think about the huge snowstorms they're having in california and out west We've, they've had cold winter uh, weather almost all winter long that cold weather that really could have easily been over in the eastern u.s and midwest just got blocked out over and kept in the west so that was a very big change. So to think that La Nina did happen, blocking did happen, all those things did happen, but for some reason, the Southern Ridge jet stream coming up uh, out of the Gulf and uh, came in and somehow kept blocking and was strong enough that it kept all that cold weather in the West instead of moving over into the Midwest and Northeast. We're seeing a little bit of the cold now come over to uh in march but uh, we we just missed out so you see the end of the storage level is reflective of that so we kind of look at that and say hey we see the weather pattern changing we also look and say another thing that is the freeport louisiana um, lng plant that had a big explosion last june is now coming back on and um we we just recently saw some data where it actually it has a two BCF per day capability of of uh, processing natural gas to be exported um, to Europe and Asia, um, and we just see that they're now up to one BCF a day, so that's a a, a bullish factor because it's been down since June and it's just recently over the past couple of weeks been getting all the approvals they needed to get flowing again and so they are flowing and um, they're st still getting some more approvals in place to ex expand uh, you know the getting that one BCF on up and so we think by probably April May at the latest they could easily be up to their full 2BCF. And in fact, we're seeing that they've made some improvements and uh, to the point where we think that uh, it's very possible that instead of 2BCF per day being the maximum they can export, it could be closer to 2.5BCF, which is an important number because when they went offline last June, the U.S. was exporting 13BCF a day and Freeport being 2BCF of that. Well, recently, before Freeport came back on a, few, a couple of weeks ago, the U.S. was actually exporting 13 BCF a day without the Freeport plant, meaning that the other plants that existed did some tweaks of their own to be able to up their volumes. And then you've got Freeport coming on that gives us a chance to get that up to 15, 15 and a half BCF, almost to 16 so this summer, we're probably going to see records amount of LNG natural gas being exported overseas to Europe and Asia. Instead of the max we'd been before it was 13, we could actually see some numbers up to 16 BCF a day this summer. That's a very bullish thing because we're taking a lot of natural gas out of the country 
and shipping it over to you know over to Europe and Asia, meaning that we have less domestic supply to meet our own domestic need, which normally is a boost on domestic prices. And on top of that, the third thing that I want to mention is that the U.S. producers in of natural gas and oil in the U.S. they are putting out signals that due to oil prices being now down in the 70s and natural gas prices now being under $3, that they are going to throttle back their drilling programs. It's like they don't want to drill for $3 or $2.50 gas. They don't want to drill for and keep and push oil prices down into the 60s and 50s. They don't want all of that. And so by having a record profit year. They, I mean, they had, due to the high prices of energy in 2022, they had records amount of profit income. And they took a lot of that income. And although they gave healthy dividends to their stock owners, they also used it to become more physically, physically uh, responsible based on their shareholders demanding them to be and paying off a lot of drilling debt from pre-COVID days when they had kind of the drill baby drill mentality and they were drilling like crazy. But now they are going to drill more modestly by being so uh, out of debt due to the record profits this past year. They're now able to not be so cash strapped and saying, hey, we just need to keep producing because we need the cash to pay our debts and all of that. So they're a lot more stronger financially. They can throttle back their production, their drilling, to keep pushing prices back up because that's where the shareholders uh, want them to be. So you've got those factors. There's a little colder weather. We've got, um, you know, the LNG coming back on, and we've got that... um, producers, uh, you know, looking at uh, scaling back their drilling programs in 2023 to lower the amount of gas in the market. So we see some bullish shifts in pricing after we get past this temporary glut. So there's a lot of stuff I know I'm saying, and I hope it makes sense to you and everything. But, you know, I think you get to the point of you know, now that the prices have bottomed out, now that, uh, we know, things are now ticking back up, um, what's the strategy going forward? You know, realizing that, you know, every business has to renew their contract eventually, whether it's in a few months or whether it's in a year or a year and a half or two. What, you know, every energy procurement decision maker needs to be asking themselves, what steps should I take? to lessen the upside risk of wholesale electric and natural gas prices. And and probably they should ask themselves, did I learn anything from 2022 in the, in the price volatility that occurred? Did I learn anything from that? Did I, am I taking steps to improve what I do in my procurement process to take that volatility risk off the table? And, one of the points that we we try to say over and over again is um, it's not, you know, you, you don't want to be buying at just a, a moment in time. Let's say your contract's up in October. Okay, I'm going to look at pricing in August or September for an October start, and that's the way I've always done it, and that's the way I'm always going to do it. But that doesn't I mean 
if you look at historically what the market did, for example, back in August and September of last year, you would have locked in a rate that was the highest of the year just because that's the way you've done it. So we we look at things more strategically. We look at the data and pricing trends and try to watch and try to say it's about a, it's not a matter of a point in time. It's a matter of being buying timely at a good time when the market is moving and dipping and doing things. So we we say let's look at things more strategically, meaning let's have a plan. Let's have a process. Uh, we don't use the word strategy loosely. We mean there's a there's a there's a reason behind our madness. There's a reason of how we do things. We're very fortunate that a lot of our clients have contracts, or you know, at least partially bought, and many of them completely bought for multiple years out into the future, and that we're very proud of that fact that our customers did that at our at our uh, using our knowledge and our data and our recommendations and 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 we we continue to do that. I mean, we have to say, hey, we truly appreciate every client we have, large and small. So we look at every customer, regardless of size, and say, what is the best strategy for them? And we track the data and lean, you know, lean into the fact that let's contact them, let's be well ahead of the time, and let's get everything and, and let's make a strategy and, and buy in a smart, intelligent way. And at the same time, we export programs like peak load management, demand response, and, and uh, even some lighting retrofits and stuff like that to try to help our clients reduce their energy spend and lessen the impact of price volatility. We do believe that price volatility will continue. Just look, in one week, prices changed nearly 70 cents. 70 cents in MMBTU. That's, you know, that's that's pretty substantial. What if that's another dollar or two dollars? It could easily change that much. And I'm talking not only about natural gas, but electric. You know, we look at electric and natural gas prices every single day, watching the trends and trying to help our clients find the right time to buy based on when their contract renewals are up. It might be a year in advance. It might be six months in advance or even over a year in advance because that might be the time that we see is the best. So we work very closely with our customers. I'm so proud of that fact because I love working with our clients I'm really passionate about that, and our team is passionate about that, is working with our clients and doing the right thing for them. So, you know, we know that every business, they're really experts in what they do. Well, we, we feel like we're kind of an expert in what we do, and energy is like a foreign language. So unless you have an energy team, that's all they think about is energy, and that's what they do, and only the biggest companies have that, on staff, then energy is like a foreign language. And so, you know, you need someone who speaks that language. And I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like RD Energy is that company that speaks the language well. And we, we know a lot about energy and we'd like to, we really are passionate about communicating that knowledge about energy. And then we, you know, we try to make it things, you know, where our customers are buying more effectively and timely and using that, you know, data. So, uh, again, um, if you're not an RD Energy client and you're reading our newsletter or listening to this podcast, we say, hey, why not? You know, if you feel like you're not doing enough 
to and haven't changed and aren't doing the way uh, you feel like you'd like to be at looking at energy, hey, then just call us and we talk and let's get the ball rolling. If you're, you know, again, to those clients that are listening to it, thank you. We really appreciate your time and uh, the time we spend with you and uh, all the years we've spent together. We really appreciate that. So um, always feel free to contact us if you have questions and, um, and um, we'll see what happens in March. Hey, thanks so much and have a great day.